0: Hello and welcome back to another episode. This is Coach Mann. Thank you very much for joining me. In today's episode, we will be talking about the Champions League, the games that were played on Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, what can I say? It was an amazing couple of days with really surprising results. And let's just get right into it. First off, we had Zenit St. Petersburg against Club Bruges. Bruges managed to edge this one 2-1. In a very late winner by Charles de um, Kedelare, if uh, I'm pretty sure I'm butchering his name. Uh, Yeah, late winner for Bruges, and they'll be extremely, extremely happy. Moving on to Dynamo Kiev versus Juventus. I think that Dynamo Kiev had a good performance, actually, good performance overall. Juventus, no Ronaldo, no problem. Morata gets on the score sheet. Not once, but twice. That's right. The uh, second goal was uh, off a beautiful cross provided by Juan Cadrado, and uh, the first goal, I think, the keeper, the the Dynamo Kiev's keeper, could have done a much better job in deflecting the ball towards the corner flag and not in front of Morata, who actually uh, executed uh, that that shot perfectly. But in the Juventus side, uh, they started in a 4 3 one formation without Ronaldo. Once again, uh, starting off with Szczesny, Quadrado, Bonucci, Chiellini, Danilo, Betancourt, Rabiot, uh, Kulusevsky, Ramsey, Kiesa, and Morata. Um, Chiesa makes his uh, UEFA Champions League debut for Juventus following that um, pretty... Uh, not not controversial red card, but silly. That's the word. That silly red card uh, that he had received uh, in his area. Now he's been given another chance by Pirlo. Um, in the second half, Arthur came off the bench and uh, Bernadeschi came in for uh, Aaron Ramsey, as well as Dybala and Demiral. Um, once once again, I think Dinamo Kiev did a very very good job in uh, containing the Juventus players and even creating some very dangerous opportunities that, unfortunately for them, didn't end up uh, in anything on the score sheet. Uh, let's not forget that this team is actually coached by Mircea Lucescu, who is a fantastic. Fantastic uh, coach. He is better known for his spell, Shakti or Donetsk, which we'll be talking about a tad bit later. Now, moving on, Chelsea um, played Sevilla. It ended up in a draw, nothing to write home about. Ren played Krasnodar, ended up in a 1 1. Ren would be very, very disappointed with that result. Leipzig was playing uh, Bashak Tahir. Um, Leipzig won. Two to nothing. Angelino uh, putting on the performance of a lifetime. The left back with two goals. This game, and uh, moving on to a game, um, <laughs> and and a team that was written off by absolutely everybody coming in. And yes, I am talking about Manchester United. Manchester United traveled to Park the, Fr- Park the Prince in uh, Paris, and uh, after some. <laughs> Understandably poor performances, bad United. Uh, they, they had to take on Neymar and company. There was a huge pressure on uh, PSG and were considered favorites for, for good reason. Um, Social started the game in a very, very defensive looking formation, a 5 3 2 formation, uh, with Lindelof, Shaw, and Tuan in the middle of the defense, having uh, Harry Maguire. Bayi and Phil Jones unavailable. Tuanzebe played a massive role in this encounter, being able to close down and making important tackles when needed. Uh, I think Tuanzebe had the game of a, of a lifetime. Uh, even Solskjaer, after the game, said that he didn't even expect Tuanzebe to perform the at the level at, at which he did. Um, Teles made his debut for United, but didn't find success in the left-hand side of the pitch uh, in a game where all goals were scored by Manchester United. Marshall was unfortunate enough to score a known goal to a very poor header that beat De Gea. Paris must have felt that they could have done more. Make no mistake, this game could have ended up in a goal galore, but the two keepers, Navas and De Gea, were absolutely spectacular. On the other side, PSG having Verratti and Icardi unavailable. Thomas Tunchel started in a 4 3 3 formation with Gana Gay, Danilo, and Herrera. the middle of the pack with Neymar Mbappe and Di Maria in the front. Now while Neymar managed to uh, get passes markers numerous times uh, being fouled a tremendous amount of times also he failed to put Mbappe in a position to score. Also Di Maria played a number of key passes but the back five of United managed to neutralize most of the threats and the crosses and when they did not De Gea was their guardian angel. The game ended up in a victory for United, and Ole would be extremely, extremely happy with this one. Uh, <laughs> good to see him smile again, I guess. Uh, and United are, are off to a flying start in the Champions League. Next up, we have Barcelona that played against Ferenc Nobody really expected uh, Ferenc Virus to uh, provide any, any kind of danger for uh, Barcelona. Ansu Fati became the first player to score two goals before the age of 18 in the Champions League. What a future this kid has. All signs point out that Barcelona have a major superstar in Ansu Fati. The major story of the game was Pique's red card. Now, some say he deserved a yellow card. It was a little bit harsh to give him a red. But according to the new rules, when you are the last defender and you clearly deny a goal situation, a red card is justifiable. Now, the color of the card is not the problem, Piquet's decision making is. Barcelona was leading 3 to nothing at that point in time and he should have just let the player go on a one-on-one situation versus Testegen where many times the Catalan keeper wins and not put himself in a situation like that. Barcelona will miss Piquet against Juventus which will be Cristiano Ronaldo's first UEFA Champions League game of the season. Lazio encountered Dortmund and they managed to uh, get an amazing win three to one Chiro Mobile with a spectacular performance scoring one and providing a great a great assist RB Salzburg uh, Against the locomotive Moscow ended up in a draw Um, Now we have a a game where we'll talk a little bit about and analyze it because nobody actually uh, expected this from a side that had ten important players missing, and this is uh, Real Madrid against Shakhtar Donetsk. Shakhtar had ten important players missing. It was a shocking night in Madrid where um, they lost two to three in a very very interesting game. Um, of course, Real Madrid had had some missing players as well: Ramos, Hazard, and Carvajal. Uh, those were the players that were missing for Real, but. You know, the feeling around Madrid is one of discontent, as you can tell. Journalists uh, asking Zidane if he thinks that a failure in the upcoming game in El Clasico could be the end of his career in Madrid. He took the question head on and said that he he doesn't think that uh, it would be the case and he stand, he stays behind his player until the end. So what exactly happened this game? How how did Shakhtar... Um, need, need I remind you, Shakhtar Donetsk was 3 to nothing up in the first half. So let's uh, take a deep dive and see what exactly happened. Madrid started in a 4-3-3 formation that morphed into a 4-5-1 with Jovic as a central striker. While Shakhtar played a 4-1-4-1 formation with a 19-year-old goalie, uh, Trubin, who had to replace Piatov, the first team regular. Now, in the, first shot, uh, in, the, in the first half, Shakhtar started to lay some traps for the Madrid midfield by taking their time and inviting uh, their pressing. Once Madrid started to overcommit, they immediately played a quick ball, launching a vicious attack that would give them a 3 to nothing at the break. They had numerous, numerous dangerous occasions. Uh, and it was very strange to see Varane in the Madrid defense, struggling in between providing zonal coverage or closing down the opponent when in need. In the second half, it was the discipline and effective transition of the midfield that managed to slow down Madrid and their buildup, effectively covering the pitch. Zidane made some adjustments and replaced Jovic, whose poor form continues. Uh, and uh, Rodrigo was another one of the, the players that got replaced with uh, Benzema and Vinicius respectively that changed the balance of the game due to Benzema's creativity and Vinicius's speed they managed to put in the work and more often than not insisted in the left side of the pitch where Vinicius was making his attacking runs playing off uh, Marcelo that was initially affected until Madrid's, uh, Madrid's attacks started to become very predictable Shaktior adjusted and they managed to snatch all three points. It is worth mentioning That Real Madrid had a goal disallowed by VAR due to offside which this time VAR was right to do so All in all Shaktior would be very very happy with their performance and Zidane has a tough game ahead in El Clasico Moving on to what I think it was the best game out of this Champions League week, which is Bayern Munich against Atletico Madrid, which ended up in a big, big win for Bayern four to nothing. And um, let's see what what went wrong for Atletico this game. Well, Simeone before the game he said that when you are playing the current champions, you have to make a few adjustments in your tactics. And so he did. He played a uh, 4-4-2 formation with Suarez and João Felix up front. The idea that the two attackers together with a flexible midfield would press Bayern and uh, they would try to disrupt their build-up play. But the only problem is that when your midfield is considerably higher than your defensive line, you leave a ton of space open that can be easily picked up by the opponent. Which is what just Hans Flick ordered to his attackers is to fill up the gap left by the Atleti, midf- uh, Atleti uh, midfielders and go against the last line of defense, especially on counterattacks where Bayern would be 4 against 2 sometimes. Uh, what would have happened if the defensive line would have uh, w- stayed close to the line of midfielders? Well then Bayern would have just played Coleman with a ton of long balls and used his pace to create opportunities in the final third of the pitch. But what exactly happened when the wingers had too much space? Well, Coleman would cut up inside. Uh, athletics lines, uh, Athleticals uh, line of midfielders would come up too close to the defensive line and gave up space outside and around the box where three or four Bayern players would wait for a pass or a deflection. It became Hans Flick's signature move to have Bayern play much, much faster in a final third of the pitch and also creating chances in a very high tempo, so the defense doesn't have time to settle in. They would play a killer ball within five, six, seven seconds. Every time Bayern would see an opening, they would attack it immediately. For example, Joshua Kimmich intercepted the ball about twenty-five something feet yards away. He saw Coleman looking to make the run behind the defense, played the ball within one second of recovering it, it. Like it was just no time being wasted, and also Kimmich um by by doing so uh it it put a lot a lot of pressure and got athletical thinking about what is he gonna do next. He had a tremendous performance. Tremendous tremendous performance. Flexibility is another key word when it comes to uh Bayern. They had Sane Ignabri unavailable. So Mueller was played as a winger in a 433 formation with uh, Tolisso, Goretzka coming in for support. Kimmich had a great assist, as I just mentioned. And it was it's, uh, this this, play, this midfielder, who's also a right back, who, who also can be played as a, as a right winger if you want to, is one of the world's most underrated players in my opinion. You'd hear more about what Pogba had for lunch than how good is Kimmich. He covers the ground extremely well, uh, has an impeccable pass, possesses the creativity of a number 10, a complete player that can be played in multiple areas on the pitch. Uh, That's a coach's dream. A phenomenal performance by Coman, Telisso, and Mueller as well. All three of them did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And uh, Byron, of course, being the current champions, are leading like champions, and uh, in my book, they're the favorites of winning it again. Uh, if they keep putting performances like this together, it would be extremely hard to find anybody that can can withstand the pressure, uh, the creativity, and the force that this Bayern team possesses. Moving on to uh, Olympiacos played Marseille. They won 1-0. Inter Milan played Borussia Mönchengladbach; It was a 2-2 draw. Ajax welcomed Liverpool. Liverpool... One, one to nothing, where the man of the match was Fabinho, where he put a ton of miles in that game. Tremendous performance by the midfielder. Uh, Midgetland encountered Atalanta. Atalanta with a huge win, four to nothing. Absolute shout out. Uh, Atalanta having a, a, a fantastic debut in the Champions League for, for their first game. Uh, their goals were scored by Zapata, Gomez, Muriel, and Miranchuk. And the last game came in from Manchester City, which encountered Porto. Manchester City coming back from one behind. Porto actually scored in the 14th minute by Diaz with a, a really good assist by Uribe. Then Sergio Aguero back in the Manchester Manchester City team, uh, back on a on a scoring sheet uh, with a penalty. The other two goals for Manchester City were scored by Gundogan and Ferran Torres. Um, it was uh, a. <laughs> It was a flabby start for Manchester City, but uh, they were right back into it. Six minutes later, they tied. It finished 1-1 at halftime, and another two goals uh, in the second half. Uh, Guardiola has uh, has all the reasons to uh, to actually be happy about the result, and looking forward to to Manchester um, City's schedule. They have uh, West Ham to play in the Premier League, and then the next encounter in the Champions League. Will be against Marseille. And that is pretty much all that we had in the Champions League. Now what to look for this week. Well in the Premier League we have. Manchester United against Chelsea. And that is on Saturday. In La Liga we have El Clasico. Barcelona against Real Madrid. Super super interesting fixture. We'll see how that one pans out after Madrid's uh, two losses in a row. Uh, Barcelona coming in uh, after a big victory, five to one against Ferencváros. We'll see how how that will pan out in uh, in uh, Barcelona morale. In uh, the Bundesliga, we have Bayern Munich against Eintracht Frankfurt, and uh, in Serie A on Saturday, we have uh, Atalanta against Sampdoria and Genoa against Inter, and Lazio welcomes Bologna. Now on Sunday. We have uh, Arsenal against Leicester City in the Premier League. And then in Italy, Juventus will welcome uh, Hellas Verona. That is all that I have for you today. Thank you so very much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.